It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 11. How you doing, Vano? What's going on, brother? So you're going to take the reins in this episode. Yeah, man. What do you um, got to talk about? Well, you know, just looking back at what we've done so far, I think a lot, you know, of the beginning when I first started and uh, what I like a lot about it is the inner game and talking about like, you know, using like that mental aspect and apply it to bartending. When I first started working in the club, there was this girl bartender. Her name was Crystal. And this girl was, uh, she was she was crazy. She was crazy, like, just the way she worked. She made a lot of money. She used to, like, she, like, kind of schooled me in the game in, in a good way. She took me under her wing, like, when we would count tips. I remember one time I wasn't there when they would count out the money. I was putting glasses away. And she said, she got me on the side. She's like, she's like, Van, I don't ever do that again. Uh-huh. When, you're, when they're counting the money, yeah. you want to be there. Right. She goes, that guy's a fucking thief. Yeah. He'll, he'll kill you. He probably robbed you. And she's like, and I never forget that. Like, she just took the time really to, she, and she was, this girl was beautiful. She just like took me under her wing and she like would just show me shit. Like, she's like, don't ever do that again. And I was like, wow. I never did it again. Every time there's money, and yeah. I always get, even when if I'm solo, I wait for the bartender to come. Right. So we count the money together. You know, oh, I think that's, course, you, yeah. as, you know, any bartenders always be there when you count the money. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, hopefully you trust the people exactly. you work with. But, um, you know, why leave anything to chance? Yeah. Why yeah. give anybody an opportunity to do the wrong thing? Yeah. So this this girl, Crystal, I don't. I haven't thought about this girl since I left there. But doing the podcast and listening to some of the, you know, past episodes, I thought of her. And she used to, um, the background of her, what I remember was, she worked at Hooters, mm. she bartended, and she, uh, after she got to know me, she confided in me that she, she's an exotic dancer. <laughs> and she was going to the FIT, the Fashion, Fashion uh-huh. Institute, and you know, she, she was into that. And she used to say to me that this is a mental game. And what, imp- uh-huh. and what, imp- and what impressed me with her was she remembered everyone's name. Uh, and, her, and it was just like, when I look back and now I saw what her game was, but at the time I just was like impressed like how she remembered everyone's name. Mm. And if someone came back to the bar, she remembered their name, remembered what they drank. Yeah. And she was really cool. And she was able to do this to everyone. Wow. She spread it out, like gave the attention. Mm-hmm. So uh, she used to always say to me, it's a mental game. It's a mental game. And I, I was just like mesmerized by her beauty. I'm like, yeah, I really uh-huh. don't understand how deep she was fucking going. Right. But she's like, you got to look for angles. Uh-huh. And she said that she remembered people's names where like when she would meet someone, she would say Vano. And she would like Vano and like look at my face or look and remember something. And she was able to remember names. And she says that when you say a guest's name, right, it, it just blows them away. Yeah. Oh, I know it does. And and I, we, it's the sweetest, sweetest sound in the world to anybody is their own name. Yeah. But it's it's hard to do. I wish I could do it better. It's, I've never been good at it. But when I worked with her, I would make so much money because we split the tips. Right. And she worked all these fucking dudes, and they gave her money. And she used to call it friendly flirting. Okay. That she wouldn't leave them on. Right. But she would do enough to put the salt and pepper. Yeah. But but she she just by saying someone's name and remembering what they drank, it made them feel important. Yeah, of course. And she was like, you felt like you know she was your friend. Like she would ask how you're doing, and it was it was brilliant to watch her work. Awesome. And she used to say to me, she said, you got to have a goal. She used mm-hmm. to say to me, what's your goal? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean, what's your goal? And at the time, my goal was just a bartender. That's all I cared about. <laughs> but she, her goal was that she was going to school. Mm-hmm. She had no help from her family. Mm-hmm. She had, she was getting, she had like a few loans and the rest was, was her. And she went to the Fashion Institute, wow. working three jobs and going to school. Mm-hmm. And she was, she, was, she was far beyond driven, man. She was like really fucking focused. 
but she was so cool. Like one time there was a, a guy that came to uh, the club a lot. He was a fucking asshole. His, like his father owned all these restaurants and he walked in, he thought he was the shit. And I don't remember how exactly it went down, but she made, she made him a drink and instead of giving a tip, he goes, I'm going to give you something better. He gives her his phone number. Uh, right? Uh-huh. So she looks at the phone number, right? <laughs> and she goes, wow. She goes, this is your phone number? And he's like, yeah, it's my phone <laughs> number. She took the phone number, right? And she gr- grabbed it by her like thumb and her, her <laughs> index finger and held it up in front of him. And like with this dramatic pause, held it and then dropped it. She goes, yeah, I'll call you. And she dropped it. And it looked like a moth with like a broken wing. And it just started slowly falling to the ground, dude. Slowly falling to the ground. And it went to the ground. This dude's confidence was fucking shattered. I was just like, holy shit. You're just just watching her do that, man. It blew me the fuck away. And she, you know, after he left, she's like, I hate that fucking asshole. But she would always talk about, you know, you got to, the mental game, you got to make an experience. She was like a motivator. And mm. I, I get, and without even realizing it, she was influencing me. Right, right. So then I, I, you know, I take that moment and then I fast forward to where I work now. When I work, I do a lot of weddings. So an angle I do, I know this is fucked up, but when the best man gives a speech, right, at a wedding, right, <laughs> yeah. after he's done, I go up to him and I go, listen, buddy, I just got to say one thing. <laughs> that was the best speech <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> And I said, listen, I do this a lot for a living. I can tell you researched. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, man, really? And I know it sounds fucked up, but really it's not because mm-hmm. it's it's his moment. Right, yeah. And I'm just making him enjoy the moment. Yeah. And in return, I'm taking the mental game of the art of bartending. He's going to now, hopefully that's going to segue into tipping. And the mm-hmm. best man usually is the leader of the group. Right. He's, he'll dictate the pace with the tip. Yeah. So I mean, I take that. I, I whatever, man. I'm just being honest. I've taken that that whole meant that inner game, and this girl Crystal really like inspired it, man. Uh-huh. So she really like she used to say that like, what's your goal? And then you know, I never lost focus. Like you got to have a goal. You got to stay focused. She talked about like um, at Hooters. This girl was beautiful, but she said mm-hmm. that where she worked, a lot of models and actresses worked at yeah. this place. Uh-huh. And she said she was average, if that. But she said what set her apart from the other girls was her attitude mm-hmm. that these girls were unapproachable. They thought, who oh, she right. was. She was just a real chick. Mm-hmm. And she and, and guys ate it up. Yeah. She was just like your girl next door, but what was was pretty. And she the money she made behind the bar was ridiculous. I bet, yeah. Well, it's all about giving the, the guest a great experience when they get there. You, you know what? John Taffer said something interesting. He goes, he goes um, people never leave a good bar saying it was expensive. They'll leave a bad bar saying it was expensive. But if it's a good bar... They never leave saying, oh, that place was so expensive because yeah. <laughs> they had a great experience. Yeah. So, and that, that's why you go, you know, you can, you can sit at home and drink, you know, you don't go, you don't go to a bar to drink necessarily. You could do that at home for a lot less money, Yeah. but you, you go to have an experience and interaction with, yeah. with the bartender, the staff, the other guests, and you've got to create as the bartender, the, the vibe, the, uh, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Environment yeah. where uh, everybody's interacting, and not only with you, but with with everybody who's there. Yeah. The uh, the other guests too. So that that's your job. You talk about being the head chemist. You're you're the head chemist of the of the experience of the place, of the uh, vibe of the place. I think. Yeah, and this this girl Crystal, what's your goal? You got to have a goal. Her goal was to get her degree at the FIT and open up her own. Uh, fashion store she wanted just to you know design mm-hmm. clothes and have a boutique and 
I lost contact with her, but I'm I'm sure whatever she did, she landed, and she was just like she was professional, like but she just parlayed the bartending to really help her with her goal, and it was just really amazing, and and without even realizing it, she inspired me, yeah, and it, it helped me bartend, and and when I work with a girl, and this is for mm. all you young ladies out there, you got an opportunity really to make a lot of money yeah. versus a guy, because right. if you're in a bar with a lot of guys. I call it the, um, and I guess it kind of inspired from Crystal. I call it the teen. I, I've talked about this. I think in the past uh, podcast. I don't think you ever got to it. Honestly, uh, it's called T T and L. I call it touch and laugh. T and L. Touch and laugh. So when a guy comes up to a bar for a girl, I tell them just work these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, friendly flirting. Mm-hmm. You're not leading anyone on. Right. But just make them enjoy that. Know their name, know what they're drinking, mm-hmm. and give everybody equal amount of attention. But like when they come up, they say something funny. I just tell them to touch their that touch the hand and laugh. Okay. It, it's money, right? And I'm, you're not leading the dude on. Yeah, I'm telling him don't don't know that shit. And and I and sometimes what happens is guys will like wait, wait, break it down just a little. You went over it kind of quickly, but it's a big big point. Touch and laugh. Just like, like just if a guy comes up, they say something funny, and she will be like, "Oh, Vano, you're crazy," <laughs> you know. And I'm like, dude, open my wallet, and just give her a fucking loot, you know. As like much ATM. money as I got in there, I'll yeah. give it to her. <laughs> and, but it's it's it, it, but it's not leading me on. She's right. not she's not gassing my head. Right. She's just making me. She's acknowledging who I am, taking mm-hmm. time to know my name, saying my name, right. Knowing what I'm drinking, and then when she sees me again, mm-hmm. she's gonna say, "Hey, Vano, how's it going?" Right. And take time to know little you know, information. But she's doing that with everyone. Uh huh. And what's great is she did all this work. You know, I, I would say, listen, you don't have to bar back. You, I'll set the whole bar up. <laughs> oh, it's you, working on you too. Is yeah, because we're splitting the tips. Right. And, I'm, and, I, and I got her back. She's in a yeah, jam with right. a guy. I'm going right. to come in there and exactly. help her out. Exactly. You know, and, and sometimes guys will, you know, say, hey, here's my number. And I, and I, you know, I say to her, just say, listen, you're with someone. You're flattered, but th- no, thank you, and you know, and stuff like that. So, yeah. But to all you ladies, I mean, you got an opportunity really to make money, and 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 I say a friendly flirting, right? Because that's what sets, you know, good bartenders apart, especially girls. If there's a, is there a pretty girl with a great attitude? Yeah. You're making loot, mm-hmm. and if there's a hot girl who's a bitch. Yeah, I'm not going back. Yeah, you don't want to work with her. <laughs> I mean, even that as a guy, I went to a place. Oh, yeah. Um, on my other job, I was with a bunch of clients. We're at this bar. The first girl that was there was great. Then she got off the shift, and, and I was getting um, I wasn't drinking, so I was getting seltzer with a little cranberry, mm-hmm. and the uh, the other two guys were drinking Coors Light. So the girl was just charging me ten bucks. Mm-hmm. She wasn't charging me for the seltzer with a splash of cranberry. Yeah. So what? And I'm tipping her nice. Every, I'm giving her like five dollars each time. Uh-huh. Whatever, because she was cool, you know. Yeah. She leaves. This girl comes by, mm-hmm. new girl, mm-hmm. and I ordered the same thing. She's like, "That's a." She goes, "That's sixteen dollars." <laughs> I go, sixteen dollars." She goes, "Yeah, that's six dollars." I go, "That's just seltzer and cranberry." <laughs> I go, six dollars. That's more than the fucking beer." Yeah. And I and she just looked at me like, "Well, what do you want from me?" Uh-huh. And I'm just saying, like, see, like the other bartender got it, didn't charge right. because it's seltzer cranberry. You shouldn't, right. ch- if anything, a dollar, two dollars tops. Yeah, they really shouldn't charge for those soft drinks. If you're with a group of people and you're the only one drinking soft drinks, they should just assume you're the designated yeah. driver and not charge you for them. Absolutely. Whatever. She's like, what do you want from me? I said, you know what? Don't worry about it. I wasn't going to give her a hard time, you know, but yeah. it's common sense. But whatever, you know, I wasn't going to pay six dollars for for a seltzer. You know what yeah. I mean? So I was like, nah, just give me the two beers. But it's just stuff like that, you know, going the extra mile, using using good judgment. You know, you got to sometimes you have to make a business decision, right? 
And no owner is going to get pissed at you for that. Yeah. You know, and, and this other, the girl prior to that got it. So you know, going back to this crystal and, and the, the inner mind game, when I work with girls, I try to, I try to get these girls to model crystal, just uh, her, her vibe, because she made money. Right. You know, a girl that knows how to bartend. Oh, with a great attitude, yeah, it's it's huge, and you can get you know even with me, like I took my personal flair is my personality. Mm-hmm. That's what got my. That's what gets me. Mm-hmm. You know, my technique. I take pride in learning that, but it's right. it's what you know, just being there, being assertive, giving everyone equal amount of attention, good eye contact, right, listening. Yeah, I listen more than I talk. Oh, I'm yeah, like a bobblehead <laughs> and smile when you're talking. That's a good bartender. Right. I listen. I, I learned so much shit from listening. You got to, well, your job is to spark up the conversation and then let the other person talk. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that's really, I mean, it, I, I thought of that, how important the inner game was and, and really how this girl, Crystal, really, really helped me. And um, it's funny going back to the thing about the females. There's a very small local bar that I go to often, and uh, they were looking for somebody to bartend. Uh, Friday and Saturday nights and they're like do, do you know any girls that want a bartender I'm like it has to be a girl I think that's a little discriminatory but a lot of places want that you know they they want they want girls and she's they're like well we get a lot of guys coming here <laughs> yeah I mean you can uh, ladies if you put the time in with a good attitude you can uh, I mean you can make a car payment in a shift mm, yeah. think about what you're paying what an average person pays for their car note a month anywhere from what Three hundred to five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Your first night—I mean, not your first night, but a, a good night of bartending—you can really make enough to cover most of your car payment. Just look on Twitter. I just do it as a goof. Just you know, made my made three hundred dollars enough to pay my Honda. You know, uh, but I, I think it's a mistake too. Especially if it's a, especially if it's a busy place and there are a lot of dudes hanging out there. Yeah, maybe there's security somewhere in the place, but for if to put a girl or two back there with a lot of guys. There, there should be there should be a blend, you know, a guy and yeah, a girl. Absolutely. I mean, the one the one girl that we work with, she's so cute, so tiny. She has those beautiful eyes. How many times have we had to help her? All the time. I'm like, and then if if we're working a if we're working somewhere where I can't see her, like I go over and check on her sometimes, and I feel, and I feel bad sometimes. I get so busy, I can't do it, and she'll tell me at the end of the night, "I wish you were there with to rescue me because I, they were really giving me a hard time." It's tough. That girl, went, you know, I'm not gonna say her name. She, uh, a guy, followed her one time. Yeah, and was like really getting close to her. And I saw it, mm. and I'm, I, you know, I just got her back. And yeah, he, you know, it's that's what happens sometimes. And that's what I say, ladies, don't lead a guy on. Right. Make it very clear. Be you know, a little salt and pepper with the friendly flirting, but mm. you're not building any fantasy. This is you right. know, I'm here to make you drinks, and yeah. then in return, because I know your name and I say hello to you. Please, you know, reward me with a tip. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, it's a simple thing. One on one. You, is you just said a minute ago, do that, touch and laugh, but then do it with everybody because that way. Yeah. I think that's part of uh, not leading them on. Is you yeah. the, the guys see you're doing that with everybody doesn't mean she likes you specifically, right? It's like you know, we would talk about you taking you on a ride. It's just it's just that experience, and she would know if you if you came back again if you you know if you haven't been there in a while. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're a guest, you feel like wow, I was missed. Yeah. You know wow. Right. Right. Well, let's change gears here a little bit. We still have Vegas to talk about, the nightclub and bar show. We talked about it in the past, but I have those interviews that I want to play for you. I think we'll get to maybe one or two today, and then the others we'll release maybe as bonus material. We're still figuring out the logistics of how we want to do this. I don't want to just do a show where I uh, introduce these interviews without Vano, because it's not the bartender journey without Vano and, and with the two of us. So we'll insert this one interview here, and we'll get to the others later, like I said. 
Like, yeah. You going to Vegas, dude? That inspired me, man. I was I was uh, going online looking at uh, Japanese bartenders in Japan, how yeah, they shake. I saw, I saw that. It was Who pretty cool. Up? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just like I'm just looking always up my game, and and the past interview we had with Cameron was was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, here's an interview I did on the floor of the nightclub and bar show. It's with some guys that have a product that scans IDs. And uh, so we're talking about fake IDs here, and it's an interesting interview. Cool guys. And uh, here it is. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. <laughs> so we're talking about fake IDs, and that's a big problem with bartenders. Absolutely. It's a and huge problem. So what what is your product here? Uh, well, actually, we... Uh, we are a software development company. We actually make a, a software called Veriscan. Okay. Now, Veriscan uh, actually authenticates uh, any ID, whether it be through a magnetic strip or whether it be through the 2D barcode, because every state has different uh, requirements and all the all the back of everybody knows. The so back so how do you do it? So different. that works with all 50 states. How, how are you able to authenticate with all yeah. 50 well, states? All 50 states and not, not only that, but Canada. And Australia as well, actually, we were, we're clearing their IDs. Okay. Uh, well, once when a new state comes out, they have all the requirements and they have all the details as far as what the information is on the back of that ID. So that's our posted soft- online somewhere? Uh, yes, and our software developer gets a hold of it and actually programs it into the software so it's okay. readable immediately by the new software. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, and so anything that is stored on the back of that, whether it be the 2D barcode or the magnetic strip, is then immediately inputted into the system and there on the screen for the bartender or bouncer to actually read and verify it. So is there any way for these fake ID makers to trick the system? To Not at this point. There, there are some very good IDs that I'm sure everybody has run into that are coming out of, I think they're coming out of China right now, Yeah. Uh, where they have actually contacted the manufacturer of the laminates, the holograms, and they actually now have wow. the code writers. Uh, they actually wow. purchased these machines, <laughs> and now, so... They're they're making legitimate IDs for the most part. So so the people making the 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 technology for the state is actually making more money by selling what they're doing to the yep. counterfeiters. Yep, absolutely, that's absolutely. unbelievable. And the the one the good thing about our our software and our products right now is that although some of those IDs can't you can't tell that they're fake you can't tell that they are from china right but once you have done your due diligence and you have checked that id you are no longer liable so you right. have done what right. you can as far as the law states right. so it lowers your liability insurance and it actually protects you and your employer interesting but i just find it fascinating that they'll make double money on this technology where they'll sell it to the state and then they'll sell it to the counterfeit. That's unbelievable. Well, we were talking about it earlier and how this, you know the United States government, it is illegal to sell the paper that mm. our paper money is printed right. on. Right. But at the same time, these other unregulated entities that use technology to actually verify identities can sell it to whoever they want. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, so some of the states now are using this raised or tactile um, date of birth and uh, does your system recognize that, or uh, not as of this point? We right now we just go off the barcodes in the back, the barcodes and the two D. Okay. Barcodes. Interesting. So uh, I guess it's up to the bouncer or whoever's checking this ID to to actually verify. It could be a it could be a legitimate ID, but it was lended to somebody else. Absolutely. Well, our software actually, if if uh, a lot of times you'll have a group of guys or people come in. And uh, maybe they have one underage friend. Yeah. You know, so they all come in at one time, they leave the underage guy out, 
and then one guy acts like he's forgotten something in his car. Yeah. He takes somebody else's ID out and hands it off to the underage guy. Right. And he tries to get back in, and oh. the, the bouncer rescans that ID. He is immediately alerted that that ID has been used within the last X amount of hours. Gotcha. So it that's just kind of gives another Excellent. heads up to the uh, bouncer saying, hey, take another look at this. Oh, that's a good idea. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thanks for talking to us. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Check out our... Uh, Check out our podcast. I gave you a card, and uh, we'll be putting this in in the next couple of weeks. Did I mention the company? Yeah, well, you mentioned the company. Oh, I said Scan. I didn't say ID Scan. We can, we're still recording if you want to uh, say it one more time. Tell, tell us the name of your company one more time. It's IDScan.net. Check us out on our website, which is www.IDScan.net. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Take care. Wow. So that's a little more about fake IDs. We talked about that in a recent podcast. But you should have seen all the cool stuff they had in Vegas. So, I mean, shot glasses that light up when you put liquid in them. And, um, I mean, so many different things. Different, a, a lot of shakers, actually. I talked about the one shaker, but there was another one that really pulverizes the ice more. Just a lot of, uh, we talked a lot about social networking. And uh, there's just so many different angles to this game that you don't even think about. You know, you're behind the bar making drinks, but there's a lot a lot to it. And, uh Going to that nightclub and bar show got me fired up about the restaurant business again. Like, you know, maybe maybe I do want to own my own place one day. When I was younger, you know, I worked as a chef, and I eventually I said, what's the ultimate goal here, to own yeah. my own restaurant? I don't know if I want to do that. That's a lot of pressure, man, and it's a lot of work. The chances of success are slim. But when you go to this, being at this nightclub and bar show talking to real professionals, you're like, well, pe- people are doing this. And if you if you are really on your game and really pay attention to the business side of things, you, you can do it. Yeah. So put a lot of thoughts in my head. Wheels are spinning. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, you know, and, you know, what's your goal? And going back to Crystal, you know, you got to have a goal. And as you know, I always wanted to do like a podcast, put out a CD. And it just really, I, I really... And proud of what what we've done, man. And you know, if yeah. we can help people, bro, I mean, that's karma. I yeah, mean, that's really helping somebody. You know, just to pay the electric bill or have a little extra cash or uh-huh. like this dude that that Cameron who who just got he had a he had a mission, man. He got one in. I want to be a bar back, and he kept telling the owner, "I want to yeah. be a bartender. I want to be a bartender." Yeah. Dude had a heart, man. Yeah, he fucking had heart, and he's doing this. Dude's gonna kill it, yeah. and then he's gonna inspire the people to bartend. Yeah. I mean, I think. Well, he was he was a military guy, and you read all the time about military guys can't find jobs. Well, this guy went out and, and he did it, nah, and, and he got he got a job in, in something he had no experience in. Yeah. And and he was able to to follow through because he had that drive, that, and he had yeah. a, he had an end game, an end goal. Folks, I want to hear from you, man. I want to hear from other bartenders. Call in. We'll interview. I think this is a good way of uh, getting out there and inspiring people, learning. And uh, definitely hit us up, man. I mean, what other takeaways you got from Vegas that you walked out that you just was like, you know what? Well, it was, it was interesting. I went to one one, ta- one lecture that I didn't expect to uh, enjoy so much, but it was really interesting. It was about building a bar from, from scratch, from zero. And it was really interesting that this guy had – Every aspect of the things figured out, like where do people walk? You know, where does the staff walk? Where does the guest walk? That should not interact, you know? Where does, uh, where's your storage? How much storage do you need? Uh, how, and how much, should, how much should be front of house? If you don't know what that means, that means dining room, bar, where the guests are. Back, how much should be back house, kitchen, storage, et cetera? The general rule is it should be 70, 30, 70% front of house, 30% back of house. I never thought of that. I mean, he's talking about out of the bar owners here and restaurant owners, who thinks they have too much storage and not one hand went up. Obviously, nobody had enough storage at all. 
where do you keep your uh, mop and your bucket and where do you fill that up with water? That's got to be, you know, you're not going to fill up your mop from the kitchen sink. You need a special place to fill that up. So there's just so much to think about, so much to learn. And uh, it can be overwhelming, but it can be inspiring too when you when you think about really doing it right. And, and yeah. these experts that they had up there were just so knowledgeable. Well, talking about Vegas, and you were talking about shakers before, I met a super cool guy named Jason, and he invented this product called Quick Strain Tins. And he's a real badass bartender, and I just had a great time hanging out with him and talking to him. So I'm going to play the interview I did with him in Vegas. Here you go. Oh, it was crazy. There was a bunch of strippers in there before. Huh? <laughs> it was crazy, dude. Man, it was crazy. Fucking amazing. They're having, a, they're having like a major fucking party. There's like some I secret know. underground party. You hear about that at Sapphire tonight? Um, they're having the whole pool party thing? I don't know. I signed up for some fucking like underground party right. thing. I don't right. know. They, they only told me, they only sent me the email today with where the party was and where, where it was located. So it's like a speakeasy kind of underground party. Okay, nice. So, I don't know. I might go there later. Sounds like a good plan, dude. I don't know. Well, let's talk about your product. I'm here with Jason, the inventor of, you tell me. Quick Strain Tins. Quick Strain Tins. Yeah. Awesome. Uh-huh. Wow, this is great, man. How, how long have uh, you been in this business? Oh, my God. I've been in the business for a while. I'd say like around 1998 when I first got my feet wet behind a bar. All right. It was this bar in uh, Quincy, Florida called Club B12. Um, this guy, ex-Dolphin, great guy. Um, open this bar like in the middle of nowhere in this place. Um, you'd have to actually go down some dirt road to find it. Yeah, I've never heard of that town. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. You have never heard of it. And so you go there, but it's an absolutely gorgeous club. Ghetto club, but beautiful. Absolutely. Uh, love busy? I'm really busy. So after that, um, I worked at one of the top 50 college bars in the country called Bullwinkles. Okay. In San Diego. Well, not in San I'm sorry. I'm in San Diego now. In Tallahassee. It's okay. a Tennessee strip on a strip. Oh my god, it's Tallahassee great. I've been to. I like that town. Yes, yeah, really cool town. College town galore. But really good. Bull Winkles is a staple there. Yeah. Great bar. Yeah. Great bar. Awesome. So so you do high volume bartending, so you invented this new product. Yeah, definitely. Um, I first had an idea for I mean I've always, you know, obviously bartending for a while, always trying to be faster and faster at it. And so uh, it just hit me one day to hey wait a minute, hold on. If I actually place holes in here, because I grab two tins together all the trans all the way all the time. Trying to make sure they fit together well. And I was like, okay, then we can go from there. Maybe you can actually work well. Got a little, um, a couple of holes cut out from it from some uh, some person that said, oh, I can cut some holes in there. Because right. I tried to do it and couldn't do it. Yeah, I wouldn't know so, how we would go about yeah, I wouldn't know hard. how to go about that. No, I wouldn't think it would be easy. And so after that, I tested it and it worked great. And I was like, okay, I'll start from there. I started the patent process and then started the. Um, oh, so it's the, patented. Wow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Uh, we have a couple, we have one patent, we have another one coming in, and then we're working on another one afterwards. You know, small details and making sure we make it stronger and stronger. But yeah, great patents for it. Uh-huh. Um, we also have, um, let me see, we're also making sure that we make it better and better. Now, basically, just place a tin in there, a pint glass. You don't even have to tap it, just shake it, open up the holes, and straight out. You, know? you guys are making the drinks really quick over there, so that's what that's the thing, right? Where you're yeah, high, high volume parts, and you got to make the drink quick. Yeah, exactly. And so we, we're even making sure it's more ergonomically correct mm. for smaller hands, for bartenders with smaller uh. hands. So we're working on it to make sure that even those that um, you know really have obviously extremely small hands, they can use it pretty easily. You know? Okay. Um, and yeah, it seems like it's going pretty well today. Really it does. Well. Your, your booth has been crazy all day long. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. I'm glad there's a lull right now so I can definitely talk to you. Uh, so nice to meet you, dude. Oh, yeah. man. Great to meet you. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll put this in the podcast, you know, next week or two. And uh, 
It's awesome. I want to buy one of your shakers so I can try it out. Please, <laughs> make sure you do. I <laughs> will, man. Yeah. Thanks for talking I'll to us. I'll give you one. No problem. Oh, man. So he did give me one of his quick strain tins, and I dig it. I've been using it. I love it. Wow. John Taffer's big speech on the last day of the show was really cool. Oh, man. Taffer was talking about the Bar Rescue show. He's like, I'm, I'm telling you, it's real. The, the when, I, when I'm there, it says I'm there five days, I'm there five days. When you see me meet the people on uh meet the owners for the very first time that is honestly the very first time i'm meeting them and when i say goodbye and give them a hug that's the last that's you know that that's it so uh when we do when we do a renovation and it takes 36 hours no exaggeration it's taking 36 hours uh, so that that blew me away he, he says um he talks to some bar owner sometimes and he's like, you need a plan, you know, you need a, a business model, you need a um, promotions model, you need to turn your place around and train your staff. And they're like, all right, I think I can do that. I can execute, come up and execute a plan in three months. He's like, three months, have you seen my show? We do it in five days, the whole thing. So you can turn your life around, your bar around, your life around. You can do whatever you set your mind to. Just uh, stay focused and uh, go for your goal. Have a, have a vision and just keep on trucking. All right. I mean, that's plain and simple. And if we can help in any way, let us know. You tweet us or uh, email us. Yep. You can get me at uh, Bart. This is Vano. You can get me at bartender2222 at gmail.com. And my Twitter is Vance Vano. And I'm vince.bartender at gmail.com and Barkeep Tips on Twitter. All right. Well, thanks again for listening. Hey, remember to subscribe on iTunes and give us some stars. We need some We need some five stars, please. And we need uh, some comments on there, too, on iTunes. You know how you can leave a comment? That really helps us raise in the rankings of iTunes podcasts. All right. Take care. Bye.